You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. So, uh, Antley came to me and he asked me that if I would come and give a message uh, to the church. And he actually emailed it to me. He said, Brian, would you be interested in preaching? And I said, absolutely. Are you serious? And uh, he said, yes. And I said, great, so cool, what do you want me to preach on? And he sent me this one-word response back, Jesus. (laughs) And I thought, well, that's great, we've narrowed things down to, like, you know, the majority of the Bible, so I I think we should be able to do fairly well. Uh, But then, you know, after we talked some more, he said, you know, it'd be kind of cool if you kind of shared some of the things that you're excited about and some of the things that you're going through in in your life. And uh, so I said, yeah, great, that's a whole lot easier. So, um So that's kind of what this message is about this morning. And so let's just pray. God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you, God. God, I pray that your spirit would just continue to come and bring revelation and wisdom and knowledge. God, I ask that you would open up your word to us this morning that we might understand. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was recently reading through the book of John, and uh, in the 13th chapter specifically, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the what next. Uh, He's in the upper room. He's having the last supper with his disciples. And I just get this feeling as I read through the passage that he's having this intimate moment with them, knowing the days and the hours, excuse me, even the hours to come and what's going to unfold. And so I imagine Jesus having a very pointed conversation and choosing his words wisely for, for the greatest impact. What is it that he's going to leave with his disciples? What is it that he's going to say to them to encourage them? What's most important? And in this time, he has uh, this one particular commandment that he gives them. I'll throw it up on the screen here. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And so as Jesus is is taking an eye towards the cross and he's choosing his words wisely, I think this is something that resonates with all of us in this room, that Jesus was this this character, this guy, this, this one that we worship, our Lord and our Savior. He was all about this concept of loving one another. And that's something that we get as believers in this room. But one of the things that I found challenging about this particular verse and one of the things that I've I've really had to grapple with over the last uh, couple of years and my understanding of God is that he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Good, I've got it. Just as I have loved you. And that was the part that was challenging for me. This last little part that says, just as I have loved you. Does this mean that, like, I'm to be walking down the street, and if I see someone like Josh did at the gas station, and they're hurt, or they're sick, or they're in need, that I'm just to, like, go over there and walk over there and pray, like, some sort of healing over them? Because that's how Jesus loved. Is it that I'm supposed to feed the poor in the hundreds and the thousands like Jesus did? Because that's how he expressed his love. Is it that I might be someplace someday and get revelation about this, this, this woman at the well that she's had one marriage destroyed after another? 
and that she's hurting on the inside and that I'm supposed to somehow get revelation about this thing and I'm supposed to speak these words of encouragement over her life and that somehow God would show up in this sort of capacity. Is this what it means with this new commandment that he gives us, that he charges us with, that we are to love one another just as he has loved us? To me... Like, I get the love thing. The love thing's pretty cool. I got it, you know. Jesus was love on earth and all this kind of stuff. But the audacious claim comes that we are to love just as he loved us. So that was one of the things about this particular verse that really struck me and that I wanted to kind of go through today. And what I'm going to do, basically, and I shared this with the first thing, like, I don't got, like, any Ph.D. in theology or anything. I don't have, like, real good formal training. The only thing that I can do with you is I can share some things that have happened personally in my own life and kind of how I've begun to grapple with some of these different things and how they play down. And, and my hope is that somehow some of this resonates with you as well. <clears throat> so about a year and a half ago, I was um, just kind of doing the normal thing. Like, it got dark outside and... I decided to go to sleep because it was that time to go to sleep. We put the kids to bed, my wife and I had. And as I was going off to sleep, all of a sudden, I had this crazy dream. And in this dream, I have this guy. His name is Doug. And Doug, Doug is, a, is a great guy. And I have no idea why Doug was in my dream, especially at this point because I barely even knew the guy. And Doug shows up in my dream. And he's like, yo, Brian, what up? And I said, hey, Doug, what's going on, man? And he goes, hey, Brian, I need you to go to this uh, Iris Ministries thing. And I said, okay. All right, that sounds pretty cool. And, uh, you know, he goes, yeah, you know, I want you to go to Irish Ministries. And we go and we continue to talk about all this stuff. And I wake up that morning and I think, and actually it was like really, really early because the dream kind of had this little extra feeling behind it that wasn't like a normal dream, you know, like when you fly and stuff. And so I had, I had, this, uh, I had this feeling that came with it. And, I mean, it could have been the pepperoni pizza from the night before. It could have been something else. I'm not quite sure yet at this moment, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to get on the old internet, go ahead and search the World Wide Web and see if there's this thing called Iris Ministries out there. I thought, you know, maybe it would. So I kind of felt sheepish about it. Like I went over, like got in the computer and searched like Iris Ministries, you know, to see if there was something there. And the ironic thing is, some of you may know this, there's an Iris Ministries that exists in this world. And it blew me away. I couldn't believe that there was such a thing as Iris Ministries. And now I began to wonder if there was something crazy or spooky that was going on because now I got this Iris Ministries thing. So I did what, you know, any normal person would do. I have a friend who's a crazy charismatic that I love dearly, and I texted her and said, this is what happened last night. What should I do? And uh, she goes, well, it turns out that Doug has invited a missionary from Irish Ministries to come speak at a church on Friday night. You should probably go. <laughs> and I thought, yes, I think you're right. I should probably go ahead and go to this thing. So on that Friday night, I went out there, and I, I met this lady. Her name was Michelle Perry, and she is amazing. And uh, just so you know a little bit about Iris Ministries, Iris Ministries is basically exists to, to help the poor. Uh, they do orphanages all across the continent of Africa and now across the world. And they train up other missionaries to do the same kind of thing, planting churches and orphanages and ministries in, in war-torn and high-poverty areas. So this girl, Michelle Perry, she one day felt like she too should be part of Irish Ministries. And she came over and hung out with uh, Heidi and Roland Baker. And while she was going through like their whole like missionary training program and everything, she felt like God told her she should go to the Sudan. And the Sudan, those of you who are familiar, like that's a pretty scary place. 
There's a lot of stuff that's happening in Sudan. And she's like, you know, I feel like, God, this is what he, he told me. I should be here and I should go to Sudan. So she picked up herself and with the blessings of uh, the Irish ministries, she went over and said, I'm going to go to Sudan and see what happens. Like, that was in 2006. And now, uh, Michelle Perry has an orphanage of uh, over 102 kids, and she's planted ministries and churches all across the country. And it's just an amazing woman of God. In fact, I got a picture of her. If we can throw it up. So this is Michelle Perry. This is, uh, now they got this really cool thing here. Uh, they've got like mamas that oversee their little like houses and stuff. And that's kind of how they do their orphanage. But they also have like great meeting places and everything. And one of the things that I didn't tell you about Michelle that you may have picked out now, and I don't want to draw like unnecessary attention to this, but um, Michelle Perry can't walk. <laughs> like uh, she has to get around on like two crutches because she doesn't have the ability to walk on her own. So now... God all of a sudden one day told Michelle that, you know, hey, I want you to go start an orphanage in the Sudan. And she responds, sure, let's go ahead and do this thing, God. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you can't even walk. You're a white woman. You're like four foot tall. And there's like some crazy junk going down in the Sudan. Are you serious? Are you going to expose yourself to this kind of thing? And she was like, yeah, you know, this is what God says. So I decided to do it. And she shared with me and everyone else that was there this particular prayer that she found inspiration from that Mary said. I'm talking about Mary in the New Testament. When the angel came to Mary and told Mary, you know, you're going to give birth to Jesus Christ and gives all this crazy stuff that's going to happen in Mary's life and it's going to happen in Jesus's life. Like uh, Mary had a couple of different ways that she could have responded the first one could have been like Zechariah, like we see when he was told that he was, uh, was going to be the father to John the Baptist. She could have doubted it and said, that's crazy. She could have been like Sarah in the Old Testament and laughed at the idea that God would say something so outlandish and crazy, right? Or she could have responded like this, and this is what Mary says. And this is actually what I'm going to do today is I want to kind of take this prayer that Mary has said, and I want to extend it out over some other verses because I think it's huge for us to be able to learn to be able to love as Jesus loved. And this is what the scripture says. It says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So God spoke to her. And she didn't respond and say, that's ludicrous, that's stupid, there's no way that can happen. She didn't laugh and say, that's silly, that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. Instead, what she chose to say was, it's like, if that's what you're saying, God, I'm your servant, let it be unto me as you have said. Let's roll this thing, let's see how this thing goes. And so that's what Mary did, that's what Michelle Perry did, and I think that that's something that we ought to consider as, as, as friends of RCC as well, that when we come to certain passages in the scripture that seem to be like audacious claims, like that we ought to love as Jesus loved, like literally, like he loved, we could respond, and that's crazy, I don't know about this, we could laugh about it, or we might be able to even say, you know, well, shoot, may it be unto me as you've said, if this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then I want to run with this, let it happen. So like I said, this morning I want to walk simply through some verses that I feel are central to living a life that can have the distinct aroma or the flavor of someone walking in the steps of Jesus as a disciple, walking by his way, his truth, and demonstrating his life. 
in this same passage in, in, in the book of John, after they go through saying, love as I love, Jesus begins to say and expands upon it and tells the disciples that not only will you love as I love, but I've demonstrated for you this way and this truth and this life that I want you to follow. We call this John fourteen six, And that's kind of some of the stuff that I want to walk through this morning. Um, so it's going to be really simple. Uh, I've just got like a number of verses that I would like for us to consider as we explore this, this option of possibly walking as Jesus walked and loving as he loved. I feel like they are foundational verses that enable us and empower us to do so. Uh, so let's go to this next slide. So there's this pretty powerful verse that exists in the book of Romans, and it says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is huge. God's, God loves you, and he's got it bad for you. And he says that you belong, like, Earlier today when we were talking about some of the different testimonies that were happening, that people were sharing, this is that. Those testimonies were the manifestation of this verse. It says that there's nothing that you could have done in your past. There's nothing that you could have done today. There's nothing that's going to happen in the future that's going to separate my love for you. Like, I love you so much. Just forget about all the other stuff that comes into your head that makes you feel like there's a division between the love of God and you. Like, this is huge. This is big stuff. And we have to, in order to be able to walk it out like Jesus Christ, we've got to get this in our head, that there's nothing that's going to separate us from the love of God. Like, it's huge. It's here. It's been manifested through Jesus Christ. And the other thing about this verse is that he also loves them. Meaning the people that you see at work, the people that you go to school with, uh, meaning the people that you see at the gas station, meaning the people that you see in the grocery stores, meaning the people that you see at the football game, meaning like the people who are on the left, the people who are on the right, the people who have different ideologies than you. God loves them. He loves you so unconditionally, loves you so much. He also loves them so much. Not after They've jumped through some hoops, but at that exact moment in time, he loves them because nothing can separate them from the love of the Father. (laughs) So the two huge points there were God loves you and God loves them. So I want to go to this next uh, scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. This new creation that the scripture speaks of, it says that we are children of God, made in his image. That we get to look like him. That we get to be like him. Some of us this morning, I feel like when we read this scripture, we need to be like, Lord, if that's what you said, may it be unto me. Because I'll tell you what, I don't feel like no new creation I have friends that talk to me constantly that try to tell me otherwise. I've got family members that try to tell me otherwise. When I tell them I've recently accepted Christ, and they say, well, you don't look any different. To them, we need to be able to say, and to us, we need to be able to say in our mind, because this is what Scripture has said, and we need to be able to respond with, I tell you what, Christ has said that I am a new creation, and that I am a child of God. You know, some of my theology, I, I, I try to read lots of books and everything in order to get exposed to some stuff. And some of my best work comes from uh, a, a more um, recent author. In fact, Josh turned me on to this. Um, 
But uh, this next slide about identity, if you ever have any questions about who you are in Christ, there's this thing called veggie tails, this noodle's tail. It is like amazing. It's like the best thing since sliced bread. It's really good. The first... <laughs> the first time I, I heard about Snoodle's Tail, uh, my buddy Josh, he like pulled me over into like the, the hallway one time. He's like, man, I just read some, I just saw some good stuff. I said, yeah, what's that? He goes, I bawled my eyes out. My kids got this Snoodle's Tail. It's from VeggieTales. It'll rock your world, man. You got to watch this movie. So I'm telling you, we've got it in the bookstore now, right? Like, it's great theology. It's like the most amazing thing ever. It talks about who you are in Christ. Like, it tells you that you are a new creation. Don't let people tell you who you are anymore. Instead, go ahead and let the Father tell you, because he's the one who made you anyway. So, like, let's let him speak over your life. It's a really good thing. So we're instantly righteous because of Christ. The sin is gone, so why would we hold on to it? This way of love and truth and identity empowers us to live a life like Jesus, which is why he says in that same conversation to his disciples that he is the way, the truth, and the life because he truly has provided a way and a truth and a life for us to follow. And so there's this other verse. So he talks about that we ought to love as Jesus has loved. And then he goes and he, and he, he talks about this way and his truth of the life. And then he kind, of, he, he kind of drives this further down the road. And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. In the same passage of scripture that my talk began this morning, the one where Jesus was talking to disciples before heading to the cross, he says that we ought to love like he loved. He tells them that if we want to be his followers, that we have to follow a certain way. And then he also says that in so doing, we will do even greater works than he has done. You know, after I saw Michelle Perry, about a week later, I went to um, my parents' church. My dad had asked me to speak there, actually. And uh, this was kind of exciting. You know, he'd asked me to come down there and preach and everything. And, and I was all excited about it. And it's kind of like a big ordeal. It's like a three-hour drive for our family. And I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and a wife. And so, you know, it takes like, if you've got kids, it takes like, I don't know, five, six hours to load up the car. And you bring like half your house with you to go three hours for a weekend. So we did that. Um, we packed up the baby gate. Somebody's laughing. You've had a kid before. Thank you. So it's like really crazy, really hard to do and everything. And so I'm kind of like, you know, the whole week prior to this, I kept asking God, like, you know, what are we going to talk about? You know, like, are you going to be there? Is this going to be me? I mean, what's going on here? You know, I ain't got nothing. And so we get there and it's Saturday and I'm hoping that something's going to happen and I've got nothing. And so I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to start worshiping God. I'm like, let's just see what happens. And so late Saturday night, like it may have already been early Sunday morning, I'm praising and I'm worshiping God. And I'm like, man, I hope you're showing up. Like Antley says all the time, if God doesn't show up, he's done. Right? You say this, Antley. So, yeah, so I start saying this too. Like, you know, I, I want to be just like Antley when I grow up. And um, this is true. Just, just better looking. No, I mean, I was, if, I, if I can be half as good looking as Anley one day, I'll be happy. So, so, so I'm praying this prayer, right? And like, I'm like, God, what's going on? And I feel like God drops this thing into me. He says, have a healing service tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that's a great idea, God. Why not? Let's have a healing service tomorrow. That sounds great. You know, let's go ahead and do this thing. I was really, really tired. I needed something to like, go to sleep, you know. So if that's what you say, let's do it. That morning I woke up at like 6 o'clock and I thought, what was I thinking this is horrible like my dad's church i mean it's an amazing church i love them and everything but one they're extremely like um 
like old school. Like uh, they're not like RCC where they have like ministry time or any of that kind of stuff. Church starts at 11. It ends at 12 o'clock on the dot. People set their alarms just to remind my dad in case he goes over, you know. And I'm thinking like, you know, they're just, they're just not like this. And then to make matters worse, like 80% of the church is over 65. They're all going to have problems to be healed. There ain't no way I'm going to do this. I said, God, please, let me have a healing service at an RCC where people are young. Where people don't have problems. So I got really scared. And I tried to convince my wife that instead of, like, leaving to go to church that morning, let's just drive all the way back up to Jacksonville. They won't even know. Because I didn't have anything. And so... You know, she told me to go ahead and move forward. And so I decided to go ahead and, and give this talk there. And I gave like, like a little, like a 10-minute talk, you know. Like it was really short. And at the end of it, uh, and I told my dad just as I was kind of walking up there, like, I think we're going to try something different. <laughs> of course, my dad had no idea what that was. And uh, so I said, yeah, so, you know, as I was praying and worshiping and everything else, you know, like uh, I had this idea come into my head, like maybe we ought to have a healing service at the church today. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think I might even said, like, and I was really nervous about it, but Mary said, may it be unto me, as you have said, probably didn't put it in context, and they're probably wondering, who is Mary, and why are you listening to her? Is this one of your voices in your head? And I said, probably. And, uh, but here's what I did. I gave myself an out by going to the back of the church, because we didn't have, like, this whole nice setup here where people can encounter God and everything, so I figured... I'll go to the back of the church, and that way, I, when I, you know, I just love to expose myself, I felt like. But no one will be able to see. I'll be in the back of the church. Everything will be fine. Well, okay, so, you know, they go to their last song or whatever, and this lady starts walking back. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. And this lady comes up, and, like, I feel like there's something wrong with her back. So I was like, you know, in my head, I keep having this conversation. If things go really bad, like it's three hours away, I don't ever have to see my family again. They can come to Jacksonville. I mean, it's fine, right? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? So this lady, she, she comes back down, like, oh, man, I think there's something wrong with her back. And so I was like, I was like, so, man, I don't know their names. And they only wear name tags. So I was like, uh, so you got something, like, wrong with your back or something like that? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I've got this, this, and this. I was like, oh. That's, that's a good sign. I mean, let's go ahead. Let's pray. So I, I, I begin to pray for it and stuff. And then I was like, and there's something wrong with your knee, too. And she's like, yeah, I've got this and this and this and this and this. I was like, oh, okay. So I started praying for it, and I started getting all this other stuff. And I kept praying and praying. And all of a sudden, like, just something, like, broke wide open. And this lady, she starts yelling at the top of her lungs, thank you, Jesus. And I'm thinking, oh, that's wonderful, and oh, I can no longer hide. <laughs> I'm back here now. What's going to happen next? And so apparently she drew some attention to the situation, and someone else came back. And this lady came back, and she's asking for something. I see on her wrist that she's got these casts. And I'm thinking, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about the wrist. We just had this lady. This went okay. Let's try this one. So she... Um, I said, what's wrong? She goes, well, I have severe carpal tunnel syndrome. You know, I've been taking all these different medications. I'm now on cortisone shots, and, uh, you know, the cortisone shots are no longer working. I got my last cortisone shot like a week and a half ago, you know, and I just got nothing. And I said, well, you know, like, um, I know that, like, pain and suffering doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. Like, you know, I, we, we, we rejoice and we wait for this moment. So I... I I just prayed that, you know, our, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that kingdom come, that will be done. 
And so on earth as it is in heaven. So like there's nothing there. So in heaven. So and I, by the time I got to pray for her, I just said, pain be gone in Jesus' name. And, you know, she's like, man, my wrists, they, they feel a lot better. And it's been like a year and a half, and she has had no pain in her wrist for the last year and a half after we prayed for her. And so it was amazing. And then, so this was going really well. And so then the next person comes up to me, and they said, Brian, I'm $50,000 in debt. Can God heal that? <laughs> And I made the mistake as a young preacher to not bring my Bible back there to consort with this to see if this is something that Jesus could do. And so I said, sure, why not? (laughs) And I had no idea, but I thought, you know, debt probably isn't a good thing. It holds people down, so let's go ahead and pray for this too. So I I, I prayed for for this lady, and she had like $50,000 in debt, and let's just see how this thing goes, right, you know? And so I said, real simple, because I'm a really simple guy, and I don't understand deep theology. That's why I watch a snoodle's tale. I thank you, Josh, for breaking it down for me and that kind of stuff. And so I just like, debt be gone in Jesus' name. And then I tried to think of something fancy to say after that, and I got nothing. So that was basically the end of that one. But the cool thing was, is the very next week, that lady's husband came to church, and he doesn't go to church normally. And he comes straight up to my dad, and, and he says, uh, I, I'd like to share something with the church this morning, if that's okay. And my dad's like, sure. My name's Brian. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he gets up, and he goes before the church, and he says, you know, I've been out of work for years. And this week, I got a call from a shop, and um, they said that they had my resume, and they wanted to do an interview. And I told him, you know, you've got the wrong number. I don't know who you are. And then he said, no, 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 is your name Bob? And he's like, yeah, yeah, my name's Bob. And I, uh, like, well, yeah, we want to talk to you about your, your, your work experience and everything. And he's like, I've got to be honest with you. You've really got the wrong person. And they said, well, we've got your resume. You used to work at the da-da-da up in the northeast somewhere with a shop there. And he goes like, uh, yeah, that, that, that's me. And they go, okay. So and they started talking. And by the end of the conversation, the guy said, so, um, you know, I, you know, we've interviewed a ton of candidates, and, you know, I was going to ask you to come and do a formal interview and everything, but I tell you what, you're just by far above and beyond what we need, and so if, if you'd like, I'd love to hire you and have you start on Monday. And the guy said, are you kidding me? He's like, no, no, no. He goes, okay. So after he hung up, he had to go try to find the place because he had never been there before, never even heard of the place before, and when he comes up to share the testimony at my parents' church, he says, you know, my family, we were in a lot of debt because I hadn't been working for years. And now we finally have the ability to pay off our debt. And it was crazy because God showed up. He showed up that he loves this person and he wants him to know that his kingdom has come. And it was an amazing testimony. And so, you know, this church service lasts for an hour. But then for an entire hour after the service, people just kept lining up. And we kept seeing healing after healing after healing and crazy stuff like carpal tunnel going away, like, uh, like debts being taken away, like all this crazy stuff. And it was because, I think in part, that we as a group had decided to say, God, this is what your scripture says. May it be unto me as you have said. And this kind of thing, like uh, I, I, I want to stress this, is that... You don't have to, like, do a ministry to be in ministry. That first verse that we talked about, it says that uh, we were to love like Jesus loved, right? And so it could be the case that one day that uh, God is calling you, perhaps even now, 
to be a part of something like what Michelle Perry did, and you're going to be starting some sort of ministry, like you're taking care of orphans or you're going overseas, or it may be something like just going around town and making yourself available to the Holy Spirit. One time, Josh and I, we were driving over to Wendy's, and um, we went to Wendy's because I, I tend to have a sweet spot for, like, hamburgers and french fries, as you might be able to tell. And so we went over to Wendy's, and on our drive over to Wendy's, I get a phone call from a friend of mine. And my friend says, hey, Brian, I'm here in uh, the waiting room at the hospital, and I got someone sitting next to me, and they want to know if you pray for him." And I said, well, shoot, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So we're like, man, this is crazy, you know. So I'm starting talking, I'm praying for this person. And while this was going down, someone on the other side of the room saw that someone was getting prayed for, and they raised their hand. They said, excuse me, um, can I get prayer too? And I was like, yeah, it's like, uh, so this is what the, our, our friend was telling us there. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Josh, here, you pray. <laughs> this is getting a little squirrely for me. So Josh begins to pray. And then the next thing you know, someone on the other side of the room said, hey, our family wants prayer too. And so we had another buddy with us. We passed the phone over to him, and he started praying. And the next thing you know, we started praying for all these people in the hospital by our cell phone. And it kept going from person to person to person. And we just kept sharing the phone in, the, in, my, in my Jeep, sitting in the Wendy's parking lot going, man, this is some crazy stuff. But here we are, we get an opportunity to be the love of God, loving people like Jesus did via cell phone while they're in the hospital. That's some crazy stuff. It is. And you know what's happened? Then I, I, we, there was one last person there that, that we had, to, had the opportunity to pray for. And she tells me, yeah, my husband's having heart surgery and blah, blah, blah. And so it's going through all this different thing that, that he had with his heart. So I start praying. And the next thing you know, I start praying for this guy's feet and ankles. And I had this, like, out-of-body experience, and I mean nothing religious by this. But I had this out-of-body experience thinking, Brian, what are you doing praying for this dude's feet and ankles? He told you he had a heart problem. And so I started to get a little embarrassed, but I was on a roll, so I just kept this feet and ankles thing going, you know. And uh, then uh, when I said amen, you know, conclusion, everything is done with this prayer, tidied up. And um, there was nothing on the other line, and I thought, Oh, thank God, he must have got disconnected. That's a good thing, because I don't know why I started praying about his feet and ankles. But it turns out she, she was just, like, shocked. And she goes, how did you know about his feet and ankles? And I said, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just started praying for his feet and ankles. She goes, well, he has neuropathy. And I, in my head, I said, what is neuropathy? Because <laughs> I don't know what that means. And uh, she goes, how did you know? I said, ma'am, I really don't know. But I will tell you this, that my God wants you to know that he loves you and he cares about you and he cares about your husband. And he isn't some God that just far off over there that we got to say something and sign some sort of like, like contract that gets us into heaven. But he's decided to make himself manifest that we might know his love and might know that he is real today. And so he reveals himself in such a way that we get to experience his love and experience his kingdom, experience his truth, his way, his truth, and his life. And he loves you, and he wanted you to know that. And then she just lost it. My friend came over, and, and she said, Brian, I'll call you back. And she called me later and said, you know, that lady, she was just a wreck. She was bawling. She had no idea that, like, God could do something like that and reveal something like that, and that he cared about her and her husband like that, that she could have gone in for her, her husband to have a heart surgery. Next thing you know, have someone be praying for her over the phone whom she never met, and it's probably better that way instead of being Brian. It's God showed up in the, in the waiting room, and he started, like, coming through this guy who was praying for me. And then, in addition to that, he told me something about, he started praying for healing about something of my husband that I never shared before. 
So Josh and I and our buddy, we're on a little bit of a high after this. And so we walk into Wendy's. And this is the last story I'll share because it's getting long. And Antley said that if I didn't shorten it this time, he was going to never let me speak again. And so <clears throat> I'm only half kidding on that one. So um, no, no so, so what happened was is that we went into Wendy's. And you've ever been to Wendy's before. It was packed. It was a lunch hour. And you know how this thing works at Wendy's. It's like the airport. You go like this and you go all the way down through the lines like this at Wendy's. It's the only fast food place that does this. But anyway, so we're going through this line. And this dude in front of me, big construction worker and everything else, I started to feel like, man, he's got some back problems. And a part of me was like, do I say something you know, like, this dude could literally pummel me, you know. I mean, this guy was huge, and I'm weak, you know. And, and I'm thinking, man, I don't know. Maybe I should say something. Maybe I should. And then I was like, well, forget it, you know. You know, may it be unto me as you've said, God. Like, you said that we can do this kind of stuff. I just saw this happening in the car in the parking lot. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Plus, Josh was me, is with me. He looks like he has really big muscles. They're pretty much fake. They don't do anything. But he looks like he's got big muscles, so maybe the guy won't try to mess with me. Josh, you want to stand up? Oh, everybody knows. Josh, you stand up. Try to flex. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. So, so anyway, he has, he has what looks like big muscles. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and roll with it. I mean, the worst thing I could do, he could try to swing. And I used to be so quick, I could duck, you know, and we'll see what happens. So I go, hey, 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 man, I'm sorry. Like, um, you got, like, back problems? And the guy's like, yeah. Didn't even look at me. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, man. Uh, so I said, maybe something's going to go down here. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, like, uh, would it be okay if, like, maybe I tried to pray for your back, you know? And this point, I'm going like this to see what happens next. And he's like, yeah, well, he doesn't ever look at me. He goes, yeah, well, the, the doctors haven't been able to do anything, and it's been bothering me for years, so sure. And I was like, whoa, that's some crazy stuff right there. So I, I um, you know, this is Wendy's. This is why we're going like this. <laughs> There's nothing special or romantic about this moment. It's just walking in the line. And so I reach my hand out, and I touch his back. And as soon as I do it, like, all of a sudden, I feel something in my hand, and it scares the bejeebies out of me. And I take my hand back and say, that was awkward. <laughs> and I say it in my head. And I turn to him again. I said, man, I'm sorry. I'm really new at this. Would you feel something in your back? He goes, yeah. And this, he finally turned around. And he goes, yeah. I was like, man, I think God wants to heal your back, dude. Like, you mind if I try to pray again? Because I hadn't even said anything. I was just really worried, you know, and it get, I don't know what's going to go. So I, I reach back out and I touch his back. Actually, it's more like this. I reach out and touch his back. And, uh, and I just say, you know, because again, I'm not very, you know, edumacated. And I say, back pain, be gone in Jesus' name. And it's sure, if you would try to tell me the medical stuff, like I didn't know neuropathy, I probably wouldn't know disc and lumbar. So I just said, pain, be gone in Jesus' name. And I felt this tingling in my back. And we're going up, and we go up to the counter, and he starts ordering himself a number two, and I give myself a double stacker, and I said, man, so, like, how's your back feel? He goes, because it feels good. I was like, do you have, like, any pain in your back? He goes, no, it's gone. And now all those other construction buddies are looking at him like, why did you let that dude touch your back? <laughs> and, I, and I just say, like, with everyone right here in the hustle and bustle and everything, I was like, dude, God wants you to know that he loves you, man. And that's why he came and he healed your back today. You're like, you just came in here to Wendy's to get some food, but he wanted you to know that he's alive, he exists, he loves you, and he cares about you. And he made himself manifest through the healing of your back. And then the guy said, thank you. And I took my bag and I ran out of Wendy's because <laughs> it was going good. I didn't know what else was going to happen next. So anyway, I say all this to say that, look, the kingdom of God is here. 
And when we allow these truths to wash over our mind that he is here and that when we have these audacious claims that we ought to love as he loved, that there's nothing in the world that could ever separate us from the love of the Father. When he tells us that like we're this new creation, that he calls us his children, that we would be able to do things like he did and even greater things than that, we've got some responses that we can do. We can say that that's crazy. We can doubt that that's possible. Or we can say, like Mary said, like Michelle said, like I'm beginning to learn to say that is, if that is what your word says, may it be unto me as you have said, because this is what I want for me in my life. So that's what I would like to encourage you with today as well. And as I did in the last one, I eloquently concluded by saying, so that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's all I got. So, but anyway, I would go ahead and like to pray with you because my heart and my desire is that we would all begin this journey those of us who are pioneering already, the people that I want to be like, um, and those of us who are like me, who this may be something brand new, that we would begin this process of saying, God, that's crazy, that's audacious, but I want it. May it be unto me as you have said. Let's pray. God, I ask that your spirit would continue to come in power and boldness and love, that we would experience the love of the Father, your love right now in Jesus' name. May we walk in the boldness and the mercy and the grace of your son, Jesus.